Hello, and welcome to The Exit presented by Flippa. This is a 30-minute podcast featuring amazing entrepreneurs who have been there and they have done it. The Exit talks to operators who have bought and sold businesses of all different sizes. You'll learn how they did it, why they did it, and get exposure to the world of exits. It's a world occupied by a small few, but accessible to many. Now, on this special episode, I sit down with Raymond Ray. He's a fantastic entrepreneur who has started four businesses and exited two of them. And he goes deep into all the different businesses that he's not only started, but exited the details of these deals, how he met the actual acquiring company. And interestingly enough, in his niche, these were also creators in the space that he was in. And I've heard this multiple times on the show in the past where it's people that are kind of running parallel to you in a similar niche and they decide, hey, it makes more sense for me to just acquire your business and really just double down on what I'm doing in this niche. And this is, I hear this time and time again, and this is such an important detail for people out there that are scaling their business and they're getting ready to exit. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview here with Raymond Ray, the founder of smarthustle.com. All right, guys, today I am joined by Ramon Ray, the founder of smarthustle.com. How's it going, Ramon? You know, I feel blessed, fantastic as we're recording this. It's a warm, beautiful day where I can walk outside of my house shoes on calls if I want. So I'm doing very well and healthy. Thank you for asking. And I hope you're doing the same. That's fantastic. I am doing the same. And I'm excited to, to learn more about you and learn more about your, your exits. So before we get into the nitty gritty of, of selling businesses, how did you get started? What, what's your background? Yeah. Um, started uh, four companies, sold two companies, author of several books, writer, speaker, event producer today. Um, but the background in a nutshell, but we can go in depth as much as you want. <laughs> but I was born in the Midwest. Um, I've been married uh, almost 30 years. I have two adult children. And I think my biggest few data points, as it were, data points, depending on where you're on the world, of how I started, I've always had a love of technology due to whatever reason, right? When you're nine or 10 or 13 years old, whatever genes God puts in you or your around your parents. So tech was my side of the world, you know, making little um, shortwave radio kits. Anybody knows Ra Radio Shack back in the day, you have a little springs, mm -hmm. you bend it, you put the uh, wire in your teeth and strip it and put it in the little thing. So if anybody knows that, just give me a shout out. But that's kind of my background, loving the tech side of the world, uh, jumping forward, uh, I, you know, realize what the internet was from, from Prodigy. Few will know that, but a few will. It was owned by Kmart, our Sears back in the day, uh, precursor to AOL. So that was another data point giving me that world of online communities. I uh, went to a big event at the Javits Center and realized I, did, I could you know, download the Mosaic browser and have my own internet access. So that was another jump to the online world. Uh, started a blog. Um, smallbiztechnology.com. Uh, and that was one of the, that was the first, com second company I sold. And so the rest goes on from there. Uh, a friend of mine, these are just key points kind of in my life. A friend of mine invited me to speak for free at an event. SCORE, I'll give them props, uh, SCORE.org, free government consulting service, um, which people should check out if they need help with small business stuff. Mm -hmm. Um uh, so I spoke there for free. My son was four years old. Today, he's 26, as wow. you get the point. So that was my journey into speaking. And then from there, the two just collided. You know, from the first blog, the world of content, content, email, email, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand. You and I understand that. So building that up over 20-something years, April 1999 was the domain name uh, for small business technology. And then um, uh, my speaking, similar time frame, just, you know, eventually somebody says, Ramon, could you speak? And you're like, 
fee. I thought you're just going to give me like a sandwich. So that's, that's kind of how I started. And the rest, you just keep doing good, good work and people see you. Nice. Yeah. Agree. Putting, putting value out there and getting value in return is just kind of how it goes. And nowadays you put value out there, very high value for free in many cases to start and people really end up uh, paying for it in the long run after all that's been accrued over time, which is a very exciting thing. So let's talk about the businesses that you, that you sold. You mentioned a couple there. Sure. Um, let's dig into the first one and what that was like for you. Absolutely. So uh, the, the total of four companies I started was a small technology consulting company, ugly business cards, like ivory and red and black, <laughs> something like that. I went to the local printers. I don't know Vista print and 99 designs around them. So there's a technology consulting company, small, just me, you know, doing Microsoft access woo woo, and, 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 and networking computers. Second one was um, uh, smallbiztechnology.com. Third company was uh, my event business. And then fourth today, I own smarthustle.com. So total of four I've started. And then the first one I sold um, was the, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm thinking because I started two, but you know, I sold them a different period of time. So I sold smallbiztechnology.com second, but I think that was the second business I started. So my first business I sold was my event company. Yes. Small business summit. So that was an event business where we brought together hundreds of business owners a year. Wasn't a big business, but it generated some good revenue for us. And um, some a fellow a blogger, in fact, who some people may know back in the day, but a fellow blogger uh, came to us. We, we, did, we did it for about 10 years and we would be me uh, and my partner at the time, Marion Banker. You know, those who can't see me at the time, I'm a skinny black guy with a shaved head. She's our older white gray haired woman. So we made like a comical couple. <laughs> but we were good partners together because she had the finance and the strategy knowledge. I was like the risk-taking marketer. So we, we got together. Um, so that was the first business I sold. So, uh, the, the event business, bringing together people. And they figured that they could kind of scale the name. Small Business Summit was a cool name. We had some big traction in New York City. Um, and they bought it in essence to help people as you're selling something. What's the asset? Yeah, I was a big part of it. But we had the system. And mm -hmm. we had the name, we had the, we had something clearly bringing together hundreds of people and big sponsors, Dell, Microsoft, and, 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 and Google and others. So that's kind of what they bought into to, to scale that up, but that's helpful. Got it. Yeah, definitely. And what types of things were you tracking with the event business that really kind of gave you an indication that it was, uh, you know, the right time to sell, I think tracking and you know what people are tracking in their businesses and then also the timing of when to sell those are always two huge questions that people have so what would you say you were doing uh, with the the event business there sure yeah, I'll answer the second one first. And I think that when it was time to sell, we weren't really attuned to that. We didn't start it for that. I, I, I probably should have. And I'm guessing, I don't, I'd love to know what your stats, so Steve, that do people who you've been interviewing think about it first or not? Maybe it's 50-50, but we'll see what you say. But I think that we didn't have a plan, game plan in mind as far as that we wanted to. It was like due to mutual friends, you know, like a like an interview like this, right? Steve's like, wait, wait, wait. You're the cat? Huh, I'll buy it. <laughs> kind, of, kind of, it was like that. So to put that to the stage, but the things we're tracking, I think with events, there could be more or others, but I think three things I can remember. One, attendees. That's pretty easy. How many attendees are coming that are paying? As you may know, and if you don't, other people I'm sure know, you can, you can make an event what you want. I can call Steven's cousin and, or Steve's cousin and buddy, please come. I'll give you free tickets. <laughs> but you got to dig a bit deeper. So who were the paying attendees? And then from that, we did have VIP tickets and regular tickets. That's one thing. Two, the sponsors. That was the big thing. 
who are the sponsors of these national brands, because especially if you want to expand it and scale it, and then how much are they paying? So those numbers I'm happy to share. I mean, I'm happy to share any number, but I just don't want people to get unfocused, you know, talking about sales numbers. But we sold sponsorship from 5,000, 20,000. I sold one at one time for $100,000 sponsorship. So for us smaller companies, you know, I respect those who, for that number, it's small. But for me, if you're trying to build, you know, one or two or three or four or $5 million business, that's some good numbers. So uh, if I've answered the question, that's that the, the two main things, uh, the sponsors, uh, the attendee ticket sales, um, and my guessing what they felt they could scale it was a ticket national, right? 10 exit, as Grant Cardone would say, um, yeah. have maybe more ticket types. That's another thing that you can scale, maximize the profitability. It was just us and a partner. So imagine they had the same people in some small office doing more events, your profit margin is increased massively. So mm. that's helpful. That's some things I can think of that how we had it and what the, where they thought they could take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And it's super, super insightful in terms of the, uh, you know, how long it took, who, who the acquiring company was. I've heard everything from, you know, you bumped into somebody at a coffee shop, you were raising around, uh, there's always all these different, really interesting stories of how you met the acquiring company, if they were a sponsor, things sure. like that. So how did you meet the acquiring company and how long did the, the transaction take to go through for that first sure. company? Hey guys, Steve here and taking a quick pause from the interview. I know that selling a business can feel unattainable and just out of reach for everybody, but it's definitely something that is very reachable for people that are listening to this podcast with Flippa. And I've mentioned that this show is presented by Flippa. They have over 3 million users on their platform who are looking to acquire everything from content sites to e-commerce stores to SaaS platforms or even mobile applications. So if you're curious and want to know more about what your business is worth, head to flippa.com slash the exit for free valuations on your business. It takes a couple minutes to literally go through and you can just go through the whole process without committing to anything at all. So once again, flippit.com slash the exit, check it out, get evaluation on your business without any commitments and just see exactly what your valuation of your business is worth. So let's dive into the interview. Yeah. Um, so the company was a fellow a, a blogging company um, that many actually people who are, if, if you've been blogging for 20 to 30 years, you could have been at their events. Big stars like Guy Kawasaki would attend, things like that. Before we all heard of Gary Vee to a degree, you know, Guy Kawasaki is OG. So, yeah. but it was, a, it, was a, it was a blogging company that many people who are fellow OGs would know of. And I think it was just mutual friendship. They're seeing what, what we were doing. And for me, Steve, I get bored very easily. You know, even today, I don't know what I'll be doing in five years. Smart hustle. It could not be around. So I think they were on a track to build a bigger ecosystem, to build an event business. Mm -hmm. And this is one tentacle. So since I was in the event space, in the small business space, in the digital space, kind of like you or I, maybe not directly, we're kind of just meeting, but you know, we're in this world, right, of, of this ecosystem of entrepreneurs, which is much bigger, by the way, today than it would have been X years ago. Yeah. So I think that's how we kind of met. They already knew of me. And we just started having a conversation. I think they approached me. Hey, Ramon, have you ever thought of, you know, what are you going to do with this? I'm like, nothing. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> we, can we do something with it? <laughs> so that that's how it came. And then as far as the timing, probably didn't take much more than three months, three, four months. You know, and a lot of it was just lawyers going back and forth. And how much do you all want to be paid? You know, can you wire me a million dollars in cash? Uh, no, we can give you, you know, 250,000 over four years, over 
two years. So that was kind of how things went at the time. And then I had my partner involved. So just to figure out how we were going to split it. So there was partner, there was part of the um, aspect of me and my partner, us figuring out what we wanted. When, when we, when they first even forget the offer, when they just first came and said, we want to buy it, we had to talk. What do we want to do? How much money do you want? Because again, she was, she's older than me, right? No, we're no longer partners in a good way. Nothing bad happened, but she's, she was a bit 20 years older. So mm-hmm. she was looking at a different season of life than I was. Um, so that was one thing. And then we had to discuss the, what we wanted from them. Yeah. So those are the kind of, uh, so I don't think it wasn't one of those two or three year things, but it couldn't have been more than three, four months, something like that. Got it. Yeah. I, I like that you touched on the, the different timeframes of the people involved in their lives. People want different things. People are all at different stages, all at different chapters in their lives, and it can really um, affect timing and everything. So uh, super important note there. So, And I I know time is short, Steve. I just want to add one more thing in there, Uh, but if I I may. Yeah. Yeah. Just things I've heard from other partners and things that sometimes that can derail a deal. Steve said, Ramon, I'll give you, you know, 200,000 for that little yellow thing, or people can't see it, but there's a little yellow thing behind me. And I, and I have a partner who's like, no, I want to retire today. And I need 10 times more than that. Yeah. That affects it. So I'm sure you've covered totally. that before, but just to let people know that those things can derail a, a, a purchase offer. Yeah, totally. And I, you asked me a question earlier about what the kind of breakdown of if people start out wanting to sell and uh, those that later just kind of, um, figure, figure it out. They're like, Whoa, this this thing could sell. And I think it's about 50, 50. I think some people go out with, you know, tracking everything and very deep, uh, analytics on a hundred percent across the board with the intention to pass it on a silver platter. And then there are the people that just heads down execute 24, seven, 365 on what they're interested in. And then somebody taps them on the shoulder and they look up <laughs> and say, Oh, I created this like 10 million, hundred million dollar business and somebody wants it. Uh, so there's an interesting kind of 50, 50 split. I'd say of the people that I've talked to, uh, shifting gears to the next business. Did you take some downtime after this initial exit of the, the events business before you started the next business? Um, so I think that I had, uh, so a small biz technology did first, and that was running up till three years ago. The event business was done as an outgrowth of small biz technology, but I exited the event business. And if I'm confusing anybody, Stephen, because I confuse myself when I talk. So I exited the event business and kept the blog. That's kind of in essence what happened. So, yeah. so it didn't take a break really, but I kept the blog going. Um, and then uh, two years ago to the date is when I sold the blog. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because I'm yeah. not sure if I'm... Making okay, it, good. Thank you. That makes sense. It kind of split out uh, into a couple. So, yeah. how did the the next blog transaction go? Was that a a friend a sponsor? How did that how did that happen? Yeah, there's a company that that you know many of us may know. Actually, let me rephrase: a person you know who's an influencer, like we are. I say we in a larger way, who's an influencer has a number of network of blogs, and so he's the one who bought it. But I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, another friend we we both both knew. And I mentioned it because I was interested in selling it. You know, I wanted to shift to Smart Hustle, my current company, and not just be known as the small business tech guy. I was tired of, I was not competing with CNET. CNET's a big brand, you know, so I'm small. But meaning, I don't want to be the tech guy. Oh, Ramon, we have a new printer. It prints 13 and a half pages a minute instead of 13. Okay, tech, tech, tech. Tech is big, but I just wasn't, I could see the world going to AI and other things that, I, I'm a small business tech guy, Steve. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, people may argue there's not much exciting about technology for small businesses, right? Think of us. 
we use Stripe or QuickBooks or, or Zoho or, you know, whatever the basic top 50 tools are. And we're fine. I think somebody who's listening, feel free to argue with me on it. But <laughs> what do you think, Steve? I may just ask you real quick. Do you kind of agree with that? I mean, there's not for the smallest of small businesses, the top 50 tools that we all use, Canva, Google, Microsoft. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. There can be, there can be a paralysis around the amount of tools. Like you can over-engineer what you're doing for sure. There's just a, a ton out there now, right. a ton out there. So right. simplifying uh, to something like a Zoho uh, makes total sense. Cool. So I'll continue on my story. So meaning, so I just wanted to see about what you thought about it. So my point being small biz technology as I'd done it, I was getting bored. I, I, you know, I wasn't going to cover every fancy new app and tool. We have a new app that does photo editing. A, a tech site would do it because they have to, right? They got to get eyeballs. They have to keep that engine running. But for me as the founder, I was just bored. Another app, another finance app. They're all the same. So that's the position I was in talking to this friend of mine, this, this first friend. He said, hey, Ramon, our mutual friend, he buys blogs. I'm like, cool. Literally, I emailed him. He did some due diligence. What's your Google Analytics? And I'm just sharing all this. Hopefully this is helpful for those who just have pure blogs. What's your Google Analytics? Give me your WordPress access. But yeah, I think between those two things and a regular blog, Google Analytics and WordPress access, you pretty much get a sense of, of what the traffic's like. Yeah. And then we came on a terms, you know, was it as high as I wanted? Maybe not, but I must say I was happy. I was able to clear some obligations and clear some things I had with the money. He wired me the money like the next day, meaning not from our call. It took us a few days to, for him to plow through some things and see his ROI, how he could scale it. And yeah. indeed he has a team of writers, right? That could help scale the network of sites he has. So it was a perfect fit for him. I wanted to get out of being the tech space for him, he can exit by being the SEO play and the domain, Steve. I think that's one thing. The domain, even though the traffic may not be high. So for those of you who are listening, if that's helpful, the domain's been around for 20 years. And again, I'm at a, I know SEO, but I'm at a SEO ninja. But my understanding is that's valuable. Having a domain for a long time means something. So if yeah. that's, that's helpful. Most definitely there's equity in that for sure. So what were the breakdowns of, like the revenue of that, like small business tech space, there's so many options. Like we were mentioning a few minutes ago, how were you kind of diversifying out the, the revenue there on sure. a blog like that? Yeah. And here's where it got me. Here's the negative side of it. And again, if he's listening, not in a bad way, we, we were cool, but for those, it helps others. Small biz technology, which I sold, not promoting myself, I don't own it. That, that was the company that was feeding Ramon speaking. Okay. That was the company that gave me a platform. So hence the monetization of ads, sponsored posts and all that was smaller because I wasn't, you know, I have a small team. I, I don't have an engine to do that. He does. So if that makes sense, so that's why how I was building it, a dollar would come in, 80 cents would go for Ramon as a speaker. Ramon is the, the showman, I, you know, the, the stuff that I do moving my mouth. Yeah. So therefore I didn't get in fairness, right? He saw that and was like, Ramon, it's not fair that I give you a dollar times X, mm -hmm. I got to give you 20 cents times X because the revenue is going towards your speaking. So I was happy though with it because where he saw on the other hand, he could then add more writers, add more content, add more SEO, and then crank the engine to make money from the site directly. Advertising, sponsored, you know, well, banner ads, sponsored ads, lead generation, things that a, that any ink magazine entrepreneur does, right? It's an engine that goes. So if that helps answer the question. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
And once again, circling back to the similar question uh, that I get all the time, people send me DMs about timing. Mm. Um, when in the uh, the meetup I went to with Flippa in Austin, there was a guy there talking about timing. He didn't know if it was okay to sell at that time because of unknown factors. So for you, you know, we talked earlier about the, the first exit that you had and timing there just aligned uh, quite perfectly for you and your partner at the stage of life you guys are at. What about this one? This was, you know, a little bit different. So timing wise, how did you know that it was the right time to, to exit the, the blog to this other um, blogger? That's a great question. For me, it was a very personal decision because I think the cash came at the right time, period, mm-hmm. end of story. That was for me. You think, Ramon, you just said you sold a company before. Well, we all do stupid stuff. And, you know, I'm not Dave Ramsey so or Susie Orman. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, we can have another podcast on stupid things Ramon does. We can talk for six hours. But that was really the essence. It was the right time. And so I think for those listening, if it's helpful, Steve, what I'm seeing is that, A, hey, if Steve needs diapers for his kid, Ramon giving him one diaper for Steve's new Prius, it's a wise <laughs> move for Steve. Silly, but I think you get what I'm saying. Meaning, yeah, yeah, yeah value. Steve needs one diaper. Here's your, here's my Prius. Take it, dude. I need the diaper done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a position I was kind of ish in, but I think also, you know, listen for those selling things. I think the only thing you really have to regret and pour over besides death, I think is marriage. You know, that's for me, at least I've been married 27 years. I think that's the only thing really you want to deeply consider, but everything else in life, man, you can rebuild again, do something again, move on. So for those of you who've sold something, you're like, oh, I got a hundred thousand for it. I got 3 million for it. My buddy told me I could have got 3.2 million. Mm-hmm. God bless America. Really? I mean, <laughs> did you sell it for a profit? Did it give you some extra cash? Most people listening are smart enough. Build something else. Well, <laughs> that's said. the way I see it. That's helpful. Well said. Well said. So the, the finale question that we like to kind of dig into in terms of consistent across the board. And it can be as deep as you want or, or not as deep if, if you like. But knowing what you know now, what would you tell Ramon 10 years ago? Yeah, I will answer that. In fact, may I flip the question to say, what am I going to tell Ramon right now? Um, full transparency, I own Smart Hustle Media. I'm in a similar position, Steve. Ramon makes a good deal of money as a speaker, host, presenter, et cetera. I have Smart Hustle Media, which is an agency. Good bit of money, but I make more money speaking. So I'm thinking, do I want to build a business that's more scalable, more systemizable? Should I invest in hiring a salesperson, right? Invest in hiring a a deeper bench of team to grow smart hustle so it stands more so on its own without remote. That's the position I'm in right now is that I can build this business. We generate great cash, very profitable. I live a great life. No complaint. Or should I look towards selling it two to three to five years, being on your show again and saying I sold a third company mm-hmm. and maybe getting a bit more from it? So that's where I'm at now. And I think to, to answer it a different way, and thank you for giving me the space, because you know, sometimes, Steve, do you ever say things and your brain's telling you you're saying something clunky, but the person hearing it is like, no, it's perfect. That's what I'm going through now. But <laughs> to summarize it again is that I guess what I'm trying to say is that should I build Smart Hustle a little smarter with better systems, more scalability, less dependent on Ramon so that it can be sold, which I'd be open to in a year or two for a bit more money. I guess that's where I'm at. Because me, Ramon, I, I'm going to die doing what I do. I will always move my mouth, be on stage, entertain. I can feel myself get ready to cry. I'll do that until I die. That's me. But the assets I build, hey, for all I know, I could join you and work for you at Flippa, man. Really, you know, that's no problem. 
I could, I, I'm open to do a lot of things if I've answered the question. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, fantastic. Where can people go and learn what you're working on now? I appreciate it. RamonRay.com, R-A-M-O-N-R-A-Y, RamonRay.com or SmartHustle.com. And my specialty, Steve, is uh, personal branding. That's what I do very well. Anybody wants some information on that, they can just direct message me on Instagram, uh, the keyword personal branding. Uh, and I'll happy to send you some tips and advice I have about personal branding uh, or some books I have too. Not mine, but I collect a list of some top books people should read. Best books. People can DM me on Instagram as well. Thanks, cool. Steve. Very cool. Well, wherever you guys are listening to this on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify, all the links that Ramon mentioned will be in the show notes. But once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. Good to be here and all the best. Thanks for serving us, helping us flip our businesses. <laughs>